0: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry presents Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Ladies who are starting housekeeping for the first time or plan to start soon, I'd like to say a few words about the modern way of keeping house with wax. It's called protective housekeeping, but it's like best because it gives such beauty and charm all through the home. And as an extra dividend, it saves you work all year long because cleaning waxed surfaces is so easy. Now, here's how it works. Periodically, depending upon how much use a room has, you apply genuine Johnson's wax to your floors, furniture, and woodwork. You also wax your accessories, such as picture frames, Venetian blinds, ornaments, and leather articles. And with every application of Johnson's Wax, their beauty increases. The coat of wax acts as a shield, guarding against dirt, wear, and moisture. Dust and dirt do not cling readily to a waxed surface, and they're easily and quickly removed. So, rule number one in setting up a new home is this. Wax everything right away with genuine Johnson's Wax. Paste, liquid, or cream. The harp was to the minstrel, what the lute was to Orpheus, what the piano was to Beethoven. That's what the sound of carpenters at work is to a guy who loves to tinker and putter. So, when somebody started to build a new house next door to 79 Wistful Vista, guess who is itching to get over there and (laughs) kibbutz? Yeah, himself, a Fibber McGee and Molly.
1: Look
2: at that. Look at the way that mug handles a hammer. He's hit himself on the knuckle so many times, his left hand looks like five sausages stuck on a hand.
3: Come away from the window, dearie. It's none of our business anyhow. Nobody ever got rich being nosy, except maybe Jimmy Durante.
2: (laughs) It is too our business. We can't have a bunch of comedy carpenters lowering property values in this neighborhood. Why, if they go on like they're doing, that joint's going to look like a Swiss railroad station.
3: Look, sweetheart, I don't imagine those workmen are ad-libbing. They're probably following the architect's plans.
2: Well, they're reading them backwards or something. Look at how them timbers are cross-braced. That house is going to collapse the first time they play a Spike Jones record on the phonograph.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, what house <else> wouldn't?
2: <laughs> I'm going over there and talk to them guys. That's what I'm going over there and do. Oh, now,
3: McGee, for goodness sake. As you... a property owner
2: in this neighborhood, I got a right this. Over... Hello, Mrs.
3: McGee, Mrs. McGee. Oh, hello, Alice, dear.
2: Hi, Alice. You see what's being built next door? You realize we're going to be next-door neighbors to a combination grain elevator and Chinese palooka? Oh,
4: I think you mean a pagoda, Mr. McGee.
2: I don't mean any such a thing. I know what a pagoda is. A pagoda is a town in California where they grow navel oranges, if you'll pardon the expression.
3: No, darling, that's Pomona. Who's
2: kidding who? A Pomona is a Japanese bathrobe with no belt.
3: Everybody
4: knows <laughs> Confused, Mr. McGee. You're thinking of a kimono. Oh, I am, am I? Yes, it's... you am, or I uh, mean are.
3: Uh,
2: I thought a kimono was an Irish folk song. Oh,
4: that's a kamae. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: I don't know what chance one guy has against two women. Then what's a palooka in the first place?
4: A palooka is a chump.
2: Certainly. Do you think anybody but a chump would build a house that looks like a
1: Mongolian bandstand?
4: Mr. McGee, I know the man who was building that place, and he showed me the architect's drawing. Mm. It's going to be a very good-looking southern colonial house. Oh, I love colonial houses. They always look so, so, uh,
3: colonial.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, an old colonial house, eh? A southern mansion. Mm-hmm. No wonder it looks so cheap. He's building it with Confederate money. <laughs>
4: Uh, did he say it was going to be a southern colonial house, Alice? No, but I could tell. He's made plans for a mint bed out and back.
1: Well,
2: don't jump to conclusions, Alice. We got a bird bath out and back, too, but I don't go around washing blue jays either.
4: <laughs> Who's the man that's building the house, Alice? Well, he's a gentleman that I think his name is uh, Vandercook or Beecher or Eldritch or something. <laughs> What's to start with? Well, it, it all started with a party, a fellow I know that I used to work at the airplane plant who was getting married to a cousin of mine, and this man was invited to it, Gay. If his
3: house isn't constructed any better than that sentence, Alice...
4: McGee has a justifiable
2: complaint. What does this guy do for a living, Alice?
4: He, he's retired, I think, Mister McGee. Oh. But he said he used to have a stock on the seat exchange. <laughs> a seat on the stock exchange, Alice. Oh no, he was a theater ticket broker. Mm. Oh. <laughs>
2: What does he look like, Alice? What kind of a Jasper is he?
4: Oh, he's cute, Mr. Mickey. Mm-hmm. You're going to like him terribly.
2: I like him that way now.
4: <laughs> and I told him all about you folks and that you'd be next door neighbors and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, good for you, Alice. And what did he say to that? Oh, his eyes kind of flashed and he ground his teeth a little and said, well, I've got too much invested in that property to stop now. See, <laughs> I've got to get downtown. Goodbye.
5: Mm, really?
2: Oh, colonial mansion, is it? <laughs> Just an upstart. Why the way, we'll snub that guy McGee, is going to... Be... huh?
3: didn't Dallas say he was putting in a mint bed in his backyard? Yes,
2: and of all the... Uh, <clears throat> mint bed, eh? Hmm. You know, the man may have a few decent instincts at that.
1: <laughs>
2: Remind me to drop in on him the first hot summer night next summer and give him the old fraternity grip. <laughs> After all, he might... Oh, my God. Well, you look at him now.
3: Look at whom doing what?
2: Those carpenters. Look at that guy with the rip saw. Why don't he get his back into it? He acts like he was cutting fruitcake or something. Where's my hat? I'm going over there. Wait
3: a minute, McGee. Don't do that. You'll be just in the way.
2: I'll show them pagodas how to carpenter. I'll show wait them. Wait for
3: me, dearie. I'll go with you. I'm going over there. McGee, wait for baby. <laughs>
0: Mills and the Orchestra and the Karaoke.
3: Carpenters,
2: dearie. Let's see. When these splinter fingers hear the valuable suggestions I'm going to offer, we'll be as welcome as fresh air in a nightclub.
3: Yeah, but maybe now just we... just park
2: your little tweed skirt on a keg of nails and watch old Frank Lloyd Wright McGee. I'll show these lumber jerks how to save a nickel on every ten-penny nail. Hey, bud. You the foreman here? Yes, sir. Fine. Where's your blueprints? Where's my what? Blueprints, blueprints. You building this house from a dream book? Oh, oh, the blueprints. Here they are right here, sir. Oh, thanks. Uh, May I ask, are you building this place to live in or as an investment? (laughs) My gosh, I'm not building it at all, bud.
3: (laughs) No, you are.
2: (laughs) Yes, I guess that's right. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a very handsome house anyway. Very well planned. You're going to like it.
3: I hope so. We're going to be seeing a lot of it.
2: (coughs) There's a few things I ain't satisfied with, though, Bud. Now, let me see. Uh, what kind of heat you got scheduled? Oil. Forget it. Put in a coal furnace. With oil heat, how are you going to get ashes to sprinkle on the sidewalk when it gets icy?
3: Why don't you build some hot pipes under the sidewalk to melt the ice? Great, Molly, great.
2: Do that, Bud. Well, yeah, but the architect says. Ah, oh, that... never mind what the architect says. A bunch of impractical dreamers. They spend six years in Italy studying Greek architecture so they can come home and build Spanish bungalows with French windows for a lot of Yankees who don't know an English basement from a Turkish bath. (laughs) Put in coal. Okay, sir, anything you say. Now, a few more things and you can get to work, Si. Now, double the size of the garage, for one thing. Make a storeroom out of it. Make the attic a playroom. Make all the closets larger. Cedar lining in all of them. And move that front porch around to the west side.
3: What's that for, Pat?
2: The boy that delivers the evening paper is left-handed. <laughs> Besides, the driveway's on that side. Okay, bud, get busy now. I'll have some other suggestions for you a little later. Yes, sir. Hey, boys, forget what you're doing. We got some changes to make.
3: Now, look,
5: tear out the, the Do
2: you
3: realize, park. I suppose, McGee, that he thinks you're the owner of the house?
2: It's a good thing I'm not. <laughs> If I was the owner and a guy like me came messing around, I'd throw me out of here so fast on my car. Hello, Molly. Hello, Standing Bull. Oh,
3: hello, Dr. Gamble.
2: Hi, body snatcher. <laughs>
6: What brings you out in broad daylight amongst honest men and decent women? Uh, I admit that Molly is a decent woman, but if you're referring to yourself as an honest man, Titmouse, you are the worst judge of character I ever knew, and I've never met a good one except myself.
3: Are you really a good judge of character, Doctor?
6: Oh,
2: sure he is. He can take one gander, one gander at a man and tell whether he's got
6: $5 in a tummy <laughs> ache or $300 in the
2: appendicitis.
6: <laughs> Ignoring the slanderous remarks of the man you so unfortunately married, my dear, I might say that I'm practically a genius at analyzing character. <laughs> the minute I meet a man who gives me that firm blacksmith handshake and looks me straight in the eye, I know I'm in the presence of a wife-beater, a dog-kicker, and a waiter-baiter. <laughs>
3: Well, not me, Doctor. I'm no judge of people. I like everybody immediately.
6: Yeah,
3: she even
2: likes you, Doc. (laughs) And if that ain't an outstanding case of bad judgment, are you going bowling tonight? No, my boy.
6: That's what I stopped by to tell you. Oh, I'm expecting one of my patients to make the next census richer by one small item. (laughs) Oh, I see. But tell me, why are you hanging around this building project? Waiting your chance to steal some lumber?
3: No, he's just offering some suggestions about the new house, Doctor And he has some dandies, too
2: Oh, I'll say My idea for a little platform on the roof so they could go up there and watch for the mailman was a nifty, if I do say so
6: myself (laughs) It was indeed The owner can also go up there with a high-powered rifle and drill you right between the eyes And as (laughs) close together as your eyes are, that's pretty fancy shooting (laughs)
3: Sorry, you can't go out with McGee tonight, Doctor. I was hoping you'd come to dinner.
2: Yeah. Gonna have a nice rump roast, Doc.
6: Well, it's just as well, friends. Can't eat rump roast for sentimental reasons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sentimental
6: reasons? Yes, I had a cousin who died of one at Sing Sing. <laughs> well, hasta la vista, amigos.
3: All. hey fellas yeah I just had a
2: good idea have Willie Weston McGinney there put a little balcony outside the master's bedroom so he can stand there over the swimming pool and practice fly casting
3: I didn't know the plans called for a swimming pool did he they
2: don't and add a swimming pool bud <laughs> 44 by 20 we
5: haven't got room for a pool that big well and
2: make it 10 feet shorter and 10 feet deeper
5: okay
3: did you see the funny look he gave you, McGee? Yeah,
2: these guys aren't used to a man who can make snappy decisions. Most people fuss around for ten days about where to build the ironing board. They think it's a... McGee? Huh?
3: Hey, look at that man sawing there. Hmm? Why, he isn't half trying.
2: And what's more, he's using a cross-cut saw when he ought to be using a rip saw. Hey, Buck. Come here a minute. Yes, sir. Something you wanted?
3: Well, heavenly days, Mr. Wilcox.
2: What are you doing here working as a carpenter, Junior? As fun-loving little
0: fibber dancing up and down with excitement? <laughs> oh, I do this every once in a while, pal. I love to work with wood. I like the feel of it, the smell of it.
3: Do you really, Mr. Wilcox?
0: Yes, really. I guess it runs in the family. My uncle, Big Paul Bunyan Wilcox, was the same way.
3: <laughs>
0: just loved wood. He'd eat six meals a day just for an excuse to chew on a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think that's why I'm in the business I'm in. You mean? Yes, selling Johnson's wax. Oh, you got us, Waxie, you got us. I could see it coming, but I didn't know from what direction. (laughs) Yes, well, I think how Johnson's wax brings out the beauty of wood surfaces, how it seals the pores of wood against dust and dampness and dirt, and gives it such a gleaming, sanitary freshness, well, it just makes me feel good all over.
3: You sound like you might be a descendant of that great nobleman, Sir Cashin Walnut. (laughs)
2: Just as a matter of curiosity, Waxy Why were you using a cross-cut saw over there? Sawing with the grain, you ought to use a rip saw Oh,
0: no, no A rip saw is so ruthless It tears the wood I can't stand that I like to handle wood gently, tenderly Oh, my God
3: Heavenly day
0: That's why I like to be around new houses like this To see the wood being fitted into place The door frames, the floors, the windowsills, the paneling getting ready for their first application of Johnson's wax. Oh, sure. Ah, uh, sometimes I wish I were a piece of wood. Oh, sure. So I could be Johnson wax and admired by everybody and live so long and reflect a spirit of cleanliness and hospitality. Well, got to get back to work, folks. Nice to have seen you.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine that? Sometimes he wishes he was a piece of wood.
2: Sometimes I wish he was, too. LAUGHTER I'd make him into a hardwood floor and take up tap dancing. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess we all have our little (laughs) eccentricities. Hey, do you think this house would look good with a big stoop in front?
3: Who did you have in mind? (laughs)
2: I think I'll take these blueprints home, Molly, and work them over. There's several more changes I want to make. Come on, let's go.
3: All right, dearie, but I hope the owner of this house... Oh, look, McGee, there goes Mrs. Carstairs. Yoo-hoo! Mrs. Carstairs!
2: <laughs> Remind me to buy you a moose call for Christmas.
1: <laughs>
2: she couldn't resist a good strong honk on that.
3: Now, be nice, dearie, she's really a fine woman.
2: She's a pain in the clavicle. <laughs> She's so doggone refined she turns her head away when she takes the pants off her lamb chops. Well, my
3: goodness. She may be a little stuffy, but. Ah, hello there, Mrs. Carstairs. So nice to see you. How do you do, my dear? Good day, Mr. McGee. Hi,
2: Carstairs. I was just telling Molly what a sight you are for sore eyes.
3: Well, thank you. We've been looking over this new house they're
4: building here, Mrs. Carstairs. McGee has a few suggestions and changes to make. Really? I was not aware, Mr. McGee, that your various talents included a gift for architectural design.
2: Well, you really don't know me very well, Carstairs.
4: I shall bear it in mind all day Thursday.
3: (laughs) Seventy days. (laughs)
1: Thursday's
4: Thanksgiving. Yes, isn't it? By the way, my dear, I had intended to ask you for dinner Thursday evening, but I happened to think that I couldn't ask your husband, as he would make 13 at the table.
2: Oh, that's okay, Carsey. I eat enough for two people, so really be 14. <laughs> now, what time will we be there? Oh, rather late-ish, you know.
3: Well, just as late as you like, Mrs. Carstairs. Say, 7.30-ish? Yeah. We could
2: even make it 9-ish or 9.45-ish,
3: if necessary
4: <laughs>
3: no, eight o'clock would be splendid Do we dress, Mrs. Carstairs? What do you mean, do
2: we dress? What kind of a... Black
3: tie, Mr. McGee
4: Thank you very much, Mrs. Carstairs We'll be there with bells on Oh, that will be quite harmonious, my dear I'm sure that some of my other guests will be rather jingled by dinner time
1: <laughs> Well, good day.
0: And here are the King's Men with the typewriter serenade.
5: 79 Wistful Vista 1945 I take my underwood in hand and hasten to reply Oh, tap a tap ting tap a tap ting tap a tap ting It's singing, singing you the news in a little typewriter serenade Every little tap me a little kiss tap a tap ting It's ringing Bringing you my heart in a little tight Try to sell And while I'm talking You won't be blue, my darling Sending you the news In a little typewriter serenade I called upon the gums Junior had the mumps Gee, I'm in the dumps I miss you Thought i tell you so In a little typewriter serenade Tight. Real soon, dear. Here's all my love in the little typewriter serenade, 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 serenade. The typewriter serenade.
2: Hey, Molly. I've done these blueprints practically all over, and you'd never recognize that house.
3: Now, look, dearie, fun is fun, but do you realize how your button-in might strike the owner of that house?
2: What do you mean, button-in? I've improved that joint 100%. Why, take the powder room, for instance. Who else would have thought of putting in green lights so the guests would think they were getting sick and go home? (laughs) (laughs) We won't have to go to Karsty's Thanksgiving, Molly. We're having our turkey now. (laughs) And who else would have ever had... Come in.
4: Good day. I'm one of your neighbors. Yeah, we I... know,
2: sis. You're the cousin of Punchy McFight, the prize-flatcher.
3: No, he means you're the fighter of Punchy McCousin, the clatch Prize. No,
2: no. I mean she was the prize of Cousin McClatchy. I pe-
4: am the cousin of Punchy McClatchy, the prize-fighter. Certainly.
2: Well, what about it, sis?
4: Well, just to be neighborly, I thought you might want to put a wager on the fight tonight. Punchy is fighting cauliflower Connolly, you know. It's a sure thing. Well, thank you very much, dearie.
2: Thanks for the tip, sis. I'll slap a two-buck wager on your cousin.
4: You mean you're betting on Punchy? Sure. Oh, you fool, you!
3: (laughs) Well, she doesn't seem to have much faith in her own cousin, does she?
2: Come to think of it, I don't know why she should. That McClatchy has taken more pokes than all the pickpockets on Broadway. (laughs) That stumble bum has swallowed so many of his own teeth, his stomach chatters on
3: cold days. (laughs) Why, if he don't. Oh, never mind him, McGee. I'm worried about all those changes you made on that new house next door.
2: Oh, what are you worried about that for? I improved it, didn't I? My gosh, what kind of a neighbor would I be to stand around and see
3: a house? Oh, dear, every time that doorbell rings, I get a chill. I can just see the man who owns that house laying you out with a two by four. Ah,
2: Pata, I can handle him. Come in.
3: It's Mayor Latrivia. Good day, Your Honor.
2: Good day, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hi, Latrivia. I'll be with you in just a moment. i got to finish checking over these blueprints.
3: Isn't he clever, Mr. Mayor? I see, now. Just think of anybody knowing what all those little white lines mean.
7: I didn't know you could read blueprints, McGee. <laughs> in fact, I didn't know you could read. <laughs> I had it on fairly good authority that you had even been blackballed by the Book of the Month Club. <laughs>
3: you rascal, you.
2: Uh, Let me see, if I use the laundry chute as a chimney
7: for the barbecue pit, then I can put the breakfast Uh, May I ask just what you think you're doing, McGee?
3: Well, he's making some changes on that new house next door, Mr. Mayor.
7: Yeah. I trust, my friend, that you have acquainted yourself with the building regulations, fire laws, zoning requirements, frontage rules, and all stuff like that. All that sort of thing?
3: Oh, he doesn't believe in those silly regulations, Your Honor.
2: Oh, he doesn't? No, that's for amateurs. I go on the principle of get your building up and then fight the city hall. (laughs) You probably don't know any more about building regulations than I
7: do. That is where you are wrong, McGee. I have the entire code in my head.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor. Can I run upstairs? (laughs) Can I go up and get you some nose drops or something?
7: Nose drops? For what, Mrs. McGee? For
2: your nose, naturally. Unless you want to use them to oil your roller skates.
7: I don't know what you're talking about, McGee, but I don't want or need any nose drops. Thank you, just the same. Well,
3: maybe a nice hot gargle would be better anyway.
7: Make
2: him take the nose drops, Molly. They're much better than the gargle. What is this, anyway? I don't want a
7: gargle, and I don't want any nose drops.
3: Ah, oh, don't be a baby, Your Honor. They don't hurt. My goodness, if I had a cold in my head... But I... I haven't
7: got a cold in my head. You
5: said you did. I said no such thing.
3: Why, Mr. Mayor, you said distinctly that you had the entire cold in your head. Which is very lucky because if it gets to your... Head. I
7: did not say I had a cold. I was referring to building regulations. And I said I had the cold in my head.
2: Head is so stuffy, he can't even say cold.
3: <laughs> well, anyway, I'll get the nose drops. It won't take but a I minute. don't
5: want any stuff drops and a cold nose. I mean, I haven't got a sign of a gargle. Uh, my hand is perfectly empty. It's... <laughs> I mean, <it's... laughs> McGee. Huh? I uh, 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 uh I
1: I uh, I uh, uh, uh,
7: Pardon me. <laughs> when
5: I came in here I didn't have a uh, I didn't have a uh, what? I didn't have a Now you see what you've done. You You...
3: A cold and blames us for
2: it. Oh, well, he's probably running a little fever and don't know what he's doing. he got to be big about these things. He's always such.
3: I'll bet he does want some nose drops after all. Come in.
5: Where is he? Where is he?
3: Where's who, sir?
5: Where's the man who took the blueprints from my new house? Oh, you
2: I mean. Uh... These are blueprints, bud. <laughs> I was just
5: looking them over, to. Are you the fellow who took it upon himself to change my house completely around? Well, you see,
3: bud, I think... Oh, the... we are talking...
2: Why, well, the whole
5: plan's been changed. Nothing's the way I originally planned it. This is going to take three months longer. It's going to cost me $11,000 more. And you know what? No. What? I like it. <laughs> now, show me on the blueprints what you think I ought to do about this...
0: notice I'm sure how you develop a friendly feeling for certain things you use or wear. Maybe it's a favorite sport coat. Maybe it's a household appliance that makes your work easier. It might even be Johnson's Glow Coat because that very useful floor polish certainly saves you work and adds great beauty to your home too. Women like Glow Coat for three very good reasons. First, it does save them many hours of work all year long. There's no rubbing or buffing with Johnson's Glow Coat because it's self-polishing. You simply apply it to your linoleum or other floors and let it dry. Second, Glow Coat gives your linoleum a beautiful polish that's easy to maintain and it keeps colors new looking. And third, regular care with Glow Coat adds greatly to the life of your linoleum, new or old, because it protects the surface against dirt, wear, and moisture. For these three good reasons, Johnson Self Polishing Glow Coat is the preferred floor polish everywhere.
2: Hey, Molly. You know what? Know what? That guy's building a big apartment house on the west side. Wants me to oversee the job for 5,000 bucks.
3: Oh, how wonderful. Uh, when do you start?
2: I turned it down.
3: What on earth
5: for?
2: Oh, my gosh. I just haven't got the nerve to ask Alice and Doc and Karsty and Harlow and Latrivia and Billy and the King's Men to go clear over on the west side every Tuesday.
3: Yeah, there's that, isn't there?
2: Certainly. Good night.
3: Good night, all. <laughs>
0: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's White Products for Home and Industry and inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
7: This is the National Broadcasting Company.